Welcome to Cracks in the Foundation with Tallulah Rose. What I really wanted to talk to you about, because I loved learning your perspective in the newsletter, because I didn't, like, I just knew you online, really. (laughs) So I loved, like, hearing what you were saying about, like, getting those urges to leave your job and everything. And I would love to talk about that if you're open to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I think... I often have urges to leave things. And so it takes a lot of discernment to know, like, am I just wanting to run away? Like, is there discomfort here that I'm trying to avoid? Um, And I think, or or is this thing that I'm trying to leave or want to run away from actually not for me? And I think like in the instance of my job, it was depending on, the time or day that you were talk to, talking to me was like all of the above, any any of them, either or. And it was a process where like when I, when I got the job, I thought, eh, I'm probably going to be here for a couple of weeks. And it's just like going to be a place for me to get back on my feet again and to let me rest and not have to worry about like what it takes to be a business owner where you're sort of always constantly like, how am I going to market? What am I going to do next? Where am I going to get clients? Da, 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 da. Whereas like in this corporate job, I could just show up, do what they tell me, get my paycheck and go home. And, you know, I ended up being there for nine months. And through that whole process, I was like, there were days where I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Why am I still here? But also I know I'm not supposed to leave yet. I can't leave yet. Um, because I, I'm supposed to have a job and I have to make money and I have to like be able to make rent. And, uh, it took a lot of thought and writing and talking to friends and feeling into all of it to discern if that was actually true for me, if I really did have to have this kind of job and if I really did have to make money in this way to have a roof over my head, like to really sort through like all of the belief systems that were keeping me there. So yeah, so over these nine months, it was just sorting through all of that. And then coming to a place a few weeks ago where I was like, I can't, like my body is literally telling me that I can't do this anymore. I can't continue to show up in this container, this paradigm, whatever you want to call it. I can't continue to show up in this space in my full authenticity because it just is not at all in alignment with my, with who I am. And, and I felt like I tend, if I'm really in alignment with myself, I have really expansive energy. And when I was showing up in this job, I was like, just shrinking myself to fit into that container. So I knew when I thought about quitting and I felt just so expansive and spacious, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be here. So it took a lot of practice and, and feeling and feeling into all of those things. It's sort of sifting through a lot. 
Yeah, it's like um, that sensation of jumping off a cliff kind of sensation coming up for you. I'm curious what, um, because you mentioned this feeling of you were curious, you were wondering if you were just wanting to run away or if you like knew that it wasn't right for you. Have you had experiences where you've just run away and like you've just left something for no reason or is that more of just a fear that you have? Oh, that's a good question. I, I mean, it's always a fear. I'm always, I know I have avoidant tendencies. And so I, I, it's always sort of on my mind when I'm thinking about doing something, when I'm thinking about making a change, it's always like the first thing that comes to me is this like gaslighting myself of like, oh, I'm probably just being avoidant and I just want to run and this is uncomfortable or whatever the case may be. Uh, that's always my first go-to thought. I can't say that a specific thing comes to mind where I have done that. Yeah, I say it because, um, I, I mean, I've been told before I'm avoidant as well. And I've kind of noticed that the fear of being avoidant is greater than actually being avoidant. (laughs) Like I end up having this fear of constantly running away. So I'll stick in things because I'm like, I don't want, I don't trust that I know what's not good for me anymore. And I used to have this huge fear of when I was a kid, like I've been working since I was like 13. And so I would just like every year I would have a new job. And so I was worried that that was this thing that I couldn't hold on to. And so I have this like fear of, I need to hold on and like prove that I can stay there. And especially with career. So it's interesting that you mentioned that sensation coming up I think I can definitely well, to yeah and I definitely resonate with staying in things too long I mean I stayed I told my ex-husband I wanted a divorce and it took me two years to finally leave and you know I with this job it I made the decision but it took me a couple of months and it took me getting really sick to finally make the decision and 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 I had the thought when I quit I was like gosh I always stay in things much longer than I really have to, because I think there's a a level of like, maybe not fully always trusting myself and my intuition. And that's the time that it takes me to leave things lessens every time because I'm learning to trust myself. But yeah, that self-trust piece is a big factor. When did you start seeing I want to get into synchronicities with you because I feel like you're a good person to learn more about that with, especially like an avoidant person, <laughs> um, because I think we do have a tendency to ignore those signs. Um, but when looking back, was there a moment that you started seeing the first sign or synchronicity of, oh, maybe I should start stepping out of this job? Are you asking in particular about this job or just in my life in general and synchronicities? If you have past experiences where it first started for you in general, like with discernment, but I'm curious with this job, how long it took you from that first moment of that Mm. sign that you saw to when you finally left, because you said it lessened each time. Yeah. I mean, I, I really intentionally started looking for signs and synchronicities because I remember, um, a woman in my life 
always had these really amazing stories about like these just like uncanny magical experiences that she would have with running into people or receiving a sign that she should like do x y and z and I was like that's so interesting and sounds so fun I wonder if I can do that and for a long time I was like I'm not that kind of person like it it's only it, it only happens to certain kinds of people and that's not me and um then I realized I can just choose to believe that that can be me and it started happening with this job it's so hard to pinpoint because I always had the knowing like even before I was hired and when I started looking for a job I had the knowing that it wasn't going to be it was going to be very temporary um so I I mean I went into it just knowing I would end up leaving very soon and so, yeah, so there was always a lot of measuring throughout my employment there, measuring within myself. And I remember though, so I worked at this, it was an outdoor company, outdoor apparel shoe company. And uh, over the summer, they had a traveling bus where they did repairs on these shoes in different countries around or different cities around the country and at the end of the summer they parked the bus in our factory and one day we all got to sort of go like tour the bus and I stepped so for me feathers are a huge symbol and synchronicity for me and I stepped on the bus and the first thing I saw was a feather sticking up on the dashboard and I was like oh, oh my god <laughs> And I was like, wait a second, is this feather telling me that I'm supposed to be like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, I feel like I'm not supposed to be here. And, uh, that was the first time where I was like, okay, something special or magical, or like, I'm definitely supposed to be here, but, um, like this is telling me to, to start paying extra close attention. And I would say since then, I, I, I just started you know, there were things with management that didn't resonate with me. And I was very much a vocal person about like, hey, I see all of these things that aren't working. Let's talk about it. Or like this particular thing isn't working for me as an individual. And as I started showing up more in that way and just like speaking my truth, I just, and it wasn't received well, um, those were sort of signs for me where like, you know, people weren't necessarily open to um, what I had to contribute. And that, that was just sort of like, okay, I'm, I'm coming up against roadblocks here that I don't think I can work my way through. It's clear that I, I, I don't necessarily fit. So yeah. And when did you start feeling, um, you said that you got ill during? Yeah. Last... Yeah. So that was right around Thanksgiving and I left mm. my last week was last week. So the end of what are we in Jan? So like mid January. Yeah. That, um, that happens to me too. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I'm so in tune with my body or if like 
I ignore everything else. And my body's like, Hey, (laughs) yeah. It's almost like you, your body. It's like, for me, my body, my intuition, my energy, whatever sort of like pokes at me. And it's like, Hey, this is the route you need to go, or this isn't working for you. And if I'm not listening to it enough, then it takes something like me getting really sick to be like, hello, we've been talking to you that you're not paying attention. So yeah, sometimes I was telling a friend the other day, sometimes it like, it's so frustrating that sometimes it takes me getting really sick to really like pay attention to what my body is telling me. And I think that's, I mean, I think that's really incredibly common actually for at least Americans. Yeah. I, I've been to the doctor so many times where they're like, I have no idea what's wrong with you. (laughs) And then right afterward, it's just, um, even, I don't know if you know the writer Jedediah Jenkins, I was reading his new book and like in the intro, he was saying right before his first book came out, he had like 105 fever for 16 weeks and lost 25 pounds and all this stuff. And no one could figure it out. And then as soon as the book launched, it was gone. And I think that was just a testament. And I felt so seen in that moment because I was like, I get so sick (laughs) when, and I always, I get sick right before like I manifest something and I get sick when I'm not supposed to stay and I never know which one it is. (laughs) Yeah. So when I decided to leave my job, I was talking to a friend and I was like really struggling to breathe. And I had really interesting symptoms. Um, and I'm really typically like, I I'm in tune enough with my body where it's really easy for me to sort through the symptoms and kind of get to the root and, and like receive the message. But this time around, I asked a friend to help me. Cause I just was like, I feel like I have sorted through all of this to no end and I can't get to the bottom of it. And, um, so she sat me with me through it and I came to this place of like, I have to quit my job. I have to leave this. I have to leave this paradigm, this structure, this job behind. And it's like, as soon as I made the decision that I was going to quit within an hour, all of my symptoms were gone all, and they were extreme symptoms. They Mm -hmm. were like, I, like I said, I was struggling to breathe and it was a lot of, they were a lot of symptoms that felt sort of like COVID. I had COVID, um, a couple of months ago and it felt very similar, but all of my tests were negative and I was like, this is just bizarre. And so, yeah, once I made the decision, all of my symptoms were gone. Hmm. That's really, yeah. (laughs) So you get ill. (laughs) you see feathers and you have a knowing, um, what one you mentioned feathers were kind of like your symbol. When did you realize that those, that was your symbol? I would say a little over a year ago, uh, I was living part-time-ish. So I live in Michigan and I'm really close to Lake Michigan. And Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship at the time with somebody who lived right on the lake and I was practically living with him part-time and 
uh, I would take my dog for walks and I just started seeing like blue jay feathers everywhere I went. And I had never really, like, I've always loved birds, but I never really found feathers except like seagull feathers at the beach. And, but I was seeing all of these blue jay feathers everywhere and yellow finch feathers. And um, I was like, what is going on? And this was around a, a time also where I was really intentionally trying to pay attention to like messages that were coming through or signs that were showing up for me. And um, this relationship for me was pretty transformative and it felt very meaningful. So I was just kind of in a time in my life where it felt like there was a lot of magic. And so to see all of these feathers was kind of confirmation of like, oh, interesting. What I am feeling may actually be true because like literally every walk I would go on, I would find multiple feathers. And over the last year, uh, I continued to find bougie feathers, hawk feathers. I mean, I have on my altar in my room, I have like, I mean, 20 or more feathers. Um, and I try really hard to pay attention to when I find a feather, like, what am I thinking about? Or what am I receiving a message like as I find it? Um, and sometimes I just, it just feels like confirmation of like, yeah, you're on the right path. Like you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're totally okay. Even though you feel like your life is a complete and utter disaster. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say within the last year and a half, it's been really coming in strong for me. Mm, I really like what you were saying about asking yourself what you're experiencing in that moment, because I think it's so easy for us to just default to like Googling what 1111 means and, and like constantly using an outside source when it's, it's very much a personal experience. And I've gotten really into looking into signs and everything. I don't see as much synchronicities as I want to with, it's more of like that knowing sensation. Um, and I can't really put that into words. <laughs> it's kind of that I, especially when I'm writing, um, and you've mentioned this like a few times with the newsletter, like I know what I'm saying is supposed to go to someone, but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like this sensation of calm, like a little bit of a channel, but it's just, I know in this moment, this is right. Um, I'm curious if that's a similar feeling for you or if, how does that sensation of knowing come up? Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier today. I, it shows up in a couple of different ways. Sometimes it's like that feeling when you hear something or see something and you just, you feel like something kind of hits you or jars you and, and there's like this wave that goes through you of like epiphany or like, wow, this is something that I really need to pay attention to. And, or like, um, sometimes I feel really tingly all over. Uh, and sometimes it's what you described where I feel just this sense of peace and openness. And there's just like, some kind of energy that's flowing through me that like I've never found the words to accurately articulate what 
that is or feels like, but yeah, it's like a channel kind of like what you were saying. Um, so it, it shows up a few different ways and yeah. Do you have a different mode that helps you express that sensation? Because you are a writer as well. And I've noticed when I have that sensation of knowing, sometimes it's really frustrating because I want to write about it, but I, it's not meant for words. Um, so I'm really curious if you have this outlet for it or if you've ever explored it or if it's just kind of sits there and you let it happen. I, yeah, so I have, I mean, sometimes it's writing, sometimes it's movement, like intuitive movement. So sometimes that looks like dancing or, you know, whatever movement feels like it accurately portrays whatever it is that I'm feeling. Sometimes I have to sit with it too. Like, I think it's a timing thing. Sometimes I have things that come through for me and it's not until two months later that I can do anything with it, whether it's writing or moving or photography or whatever the case may be. Sometimes I think that it needs a little bit more of a gestation period for whatever reason. Um, and again, that takes like, like, I feel like I'm always measuring within myself many different things at one time. And um, that's one of them. It sounds like you have a really good concept on being versus doing. <laughs> I mean, it took me a lot, a long time to get there. And I think I still have a long way to go. But yeah, my one of my friends, I met with a friend recently for coffee. And he was like, Jenny, it just sounds like the last like year of your life has been developing a consciousness of being. And I was like, yeah, it does sound like that. That's a good <laughs> word for it. <laughs> what does that feel like for you? It feels new. It feels like it's so new, but it's also so like, there's a lot of space here. I was actually journaling about like presence the other day and it's almost like there's layers to it or um, it's like the more pieces of myself I can gather into presence, I notice so much more and it feels so spacious and um, like I feel like I, I was journaling something like my capacity to listen feels larger if that makes any sense yes. it, it, again that's like a feeling that like I haven't quite been able to get the words for but to describe it as feeling like my capacity to listen is larger is like the closest I've been able to get to it but yeah it's like it's new and it feels fresh and it feels exciting and like really really rich with potential and possibility and I just listen more I don't know I, I just it's not like I'm waiting it's not like I'm not taking action it's just I just I'm just like listening hmm. yeah I it almost <laughs> the word that comes to my mind was like this feeling of fullness and emptiness at the same time yeah and I've definitely had that experience where I just have this like well of emotion come up and I'm like something's coming in but I also 
I can feel the space and void, but I don't feel sad about it. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like this newness. Um, so I definitely, definitely relate to you. I, you also mentioned choosing to find meaning because you were saying you met someone who saw all these synchronicities. And so you thought you couldn't and choosing that. Um, I'm really curious what you, your view is on meaning. Do you think it comes from inside you or do you think, and from discomfort, like, do you think if we're comfortable, we won't seek meaning or do you think it's just a consistent thing that we all get to decide when it's ready? Mm. Oh, that's a really loaded question, but <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> I do very loaded questions here. <laughs> no, I like it. I, I dig it. Uh, gosh, well, I feel like we, we assign meaning to something. So like, you know, so for example, I, there's this song I was listening to the other day and I hadn't heard it in years and like 10 years or more. And I was like, wow, this song feels different and means something totally different to me than what it did 10 plus years ago. But it's the same song, it's the same singer, it's the same words, it's the same everything. So what's different here? I'm different. And, and so I was like, oh, I just kind of had this moment where I was like, the role of the, how do I put this? It's like, you know, the, the writer writes, the song, the artist paints the painting, but like we are what they mean. It's it's how we perceive it. It's who we are, how we show up. You and I could look at the same painting, hear the same song, but based on how we're showing up, how we're existing in our bodies, based on our experience and how that's shaped us, that's how we assign meaning to something. Mm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I, I was going through that kind of existential <laughs> problem in my mind recently because I I was trying to figure out if I would actually still find meaning if I was comfortable because a lot of people have those like experiences where they go into synchronicities and they start finding things from a place that a lot of people would consider rock bottom and so I was always curious that phrase of ignorance is bliss is it because they're not choosing to find meaning so they don't find discomfort or is it going to come within you? But I love what you said about creation because that's also been a feeling for me as I always view creation as a self-portrait, but it's also like just a little gateway for everyone else to go more into themselves, which I always find weird because <laughs> it's something that should be external, but then we just keep going deeper into ourselves the more we witness creation. So that's been my (laughs) thing I've been working on. And that's why I really wanted to talk to you about signs and synchronicities because you do such an amazing job at noticing things and finding your own language. And I think that's the key to meaning is finding your language. Yeah, I'm curious, like hearing you, what you were saying about creation. I was thinking about this driving today. Like, I think so often, you know, we're talking about writing and sharing and um, 
I think so often about like, why do I, like, why do I feel compelled to share? Like Hmm. whatever it is that I'm creating, like, why do I feel compelled to share it? Um, And it feels like there's a piece of the question about meaning in that, but I'm curious like where you stand on that as like a creator yourself and in talking about sharing and meaning what that is like for you. Hmm. I just like totally flipped the script onto you for a second, but. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, (laughs) The main thing I would say is it always comes back to connection. And I think it's a gift and a curse that we can't step into each other's reality. And I've always been so curious at that line between the collective and the individual. So no matter what, I will never be able to see from your point of view and to like be into your mind and sit in your own reality. And a reality doesn't exist outside of me (laughs) because of that. So I think the act of creation and why we have an urge to communicate. And I think the gift of communication is so important is because it creates that portal so that you can see into someone's reality while also expanding your own. Mm. Yes. That's what I think. (laughs) I love that. What do you think about it? (laughs) I mean, I wrestle with it a lot. I wrestle with like, am I just sharing this because I'm seeking some sort of validation? And, but what I've come to a lot lately is that, I mean, I like wholeheartedly believe that we all need each other, that we're here for each other and in expressing like the truth of who we are, we're giving everybody else the permission to do the same. And there's some comfort, I guess, when you or anyone else shares their art or their creation or their opinion or their story and I find something in that that resonates it's almost like oh I'm not in this alone like we're in this together like we're all here for each other that's what it feels like to me at least at this moment in my life Mm. I definitely have noticed I say I don't see synchronicities, but I definitely see it with people the most, which has been such a beautiful experience. I mean, even like you and I having the same thoughts <laughs> today. And then when I sent you a message about like things I was thinking about talking about, it seems like you were already thinking about them. So <laughs> it's just the more I step into that and communicate and uncover those meanings the more I connect with people that there's just something in like the wavelength going on that I know that everything we do at the same time will connect with each other which is so nice (laughs) yeah I mean I was even just going to say yeah we were totally on the same wavelength and then you said wavelength said wavelength and I was like yeah she's it's like I think like sometimes, and I'm not saying this about you necessarily, I'm just, as a general thing, I think sometimes people think synchronicities or signs have to be these big in your face, like hit you again, like really jarring things. And it's not always that. And when you were saying earlier that you don't see as many synchronicities 
that you want or however you worded that I thought of our email because I was like you like all of the talking points that you listed were things that I wanted to talk about too what are you talking about (laughs) yeah I always forget because people don't really say that synchronicities happen with people I've noticed but I feel like that's where they mostly happen is the people you interact with um unless like during COVID you're really cold up it's kind of hard to see sometimes but um yeah it's the people I've met over the years has just been insane I mean I don't even know how you and I got connected I'm like oh I know her (laughs) I know how because my friend our mutual friend Chelsea always was shared your memes all the time oh yeah (laughs) I just like who is this person (laughs) so then I started following you and that you know here we are but and I met Chelsea randomly on like a Facebook group (laughs) Oh, interesting. So her and I were very, I mentioned in the group, I said I was considering moving to Nashville and so was she. So then somehow we got connected and yeah, I've known her for like three years now. (laughs) And here we are. And here we are. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to, um, do you still do Akashic Record readings or have you put that down for now? I mean, everything's always on the table. Um, at, at the moment, I'm not actively doing readings for people. I, I'm, I'm still having left my job. This is my first week that I haven't gone to work since quitting. And I've really been taking this space to just write and be outside and delight in the freedom and um, just really be present and open to listening to what my next steps are. Um, so I'm, you know, it's hard to answer the question of, are you doing readings? Um, (laughs) but yeah, there's, there's, I've done readings for people. I'm open to doing them again. They're so, it's so interesting. I mean, I, you know, I, my business prior to this corporate job that I had was doing psycho-spiritual coaching. And that was pretty phenomenal and magical and mind-blowing to me. And then I learned how to read the Akashic Record and it was like a whole new level of just mysticism and magic. And it was like, I was opening a door and with the permission of the person I was reading for, like stepping into their energetic field and just like, I don't know, my mind was blown all the time. It was really amazing. (laughs) Could you explain a little bit about Akashic Records for the person who's never heard of it before? (laughs) Yes, I will try. So I sort of understand the Akashic Records as like an infinite filing system in the universe of past, present, and future happenings, events, emotions, beliefs, relationships that your soul has ever, does, or will ever experience, including the earth. Um, so, you know, that, that, uh, inform that by, by entering your Akashic record, I have access to, that information pertaining to whatever your questions may be. I have access to your guides um, and whatever else energetically shows up, whether that's 
I mean, messages, symbols, I, uh, you know, other energetic beings, I often am communicated with through um, a lot of symbols, animals show up for people all the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a really informative place where like, if you're having trouble making decisions about something, or you're not really sure where to go in your life, or you're feeling really stuck, it's just another tool to work through all of that. Mm -hmm. And when you do it, is it this meditation you go into? Do you visualize a place or is it, you can tap in anywhere? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You need to be with me when you do it or do you? I I don't have to be. So I've only done it where like I was with the person, whether, I mean, I, I do the readings over the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, I, when I do the reading, I, my eyes are closed. I'm like in, I don't know where I'm at. I mean, I'm in my body, but you know, I'm really like receiving messages through energy and trying to put words and language to the energetic sensations and messages that I receive. So my eyes are closed. So I do it all just over phone. There's no point in doing video. I know people that read the Akashic record that don't ever meet with the person and they just do like, they just write up a channeled thing and send it off to them, um, which is, you know, something I'm curious about. So, yeah, I know that there are several different ways of doing that. I've just always done it live with the person. Mm -hmm. That's similar to, I met this woman. I don't remember her name, (laughs) unfortunately, but um, she would read people's auras by seeing flower crowns in them. Mm -hmm. So every person has like a flower crown and they all have different flowers and she gives assigns meaning to each flower. Um, she met someone who was like these crazy flowers that were from like a different planet. <laughs> she was trying to, and she paints them and then offers oh, them wow. as like a healing totem almost. Um, but she does a similar thing where she just taps into your energy and then will call you and tell you what she sees. And I've always been curious about that, like with my own work, because I feel like people who create are always channeling. And I think it always comes from a place because it's always mind blowing to me how someone can just create a whole book and have that in their mind or create a painting or yeah, just any of the creation or making a song, like where does it come from? (laughs) I have no idea. So I feel like Akashic records might be another way to channel that energy. Yeah, sure. It yeah. Seems like it's from a similar place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's all got to come from somewhere. And I remember I was reading one woman's Akashic record and I felt like when I opened, so you open the record with a prayer, you at will you ask for their permission if to enter their record and you open the record with a prayer. And I remember I just felt like I opened this door and stepped into a painting. Mm. And I didn't really know this. I mean, I kind of knew the woman, but like not to this degree, but I felt like I stepped into this painting and I was telling her like, 
I just, you know, with my eyes closed, the vision that I'm seeing is this painting and this rolling meadow. And I was describing this scene to her and she was like, I have that painting hanging up in my house. Like everything that you described is, and I've never been to her house. We don't know each other well enough for me to know that this painting is in her house. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like where, like, I don't know. It's fascinating to think about where this stuff comes from, how it arrives in our bodies, our consciousness, how it, yeah, flows, flows from one place to another. Yeah, I, I've had that feeling too. And the sensation of, I've been really curious of creating, I call them activation paintings, but it's a similar sensation. And I've sat with people and we'll just like, I see a place every time I talk to someone (laughs) really. And I didn't know what that was until I tried meditating with a friend. And when I described it, it was where they always went swimming as a kid. Um, It was this like watering hole in tropical and she's, she grew up in Hawaii and I was explaining this and I was like, the sun is like right along the, the shoreline of, there was this, huge hill there and she was like oh that's exactly where I used to go swimming and I was like I want to paint these for people but I've been so in my head about it similar to that sensation of like am I just uh, discernment is a word that has been a lot of meaning to me lately because I've been trying to be discerning of like is this actually mine or is this like just my need to constantly find money and take action. (laughs) So that's been similar situation, but um, maybe it is like an Akashic Records thing that's happening. You know, I, I have so much reverence and respect for the Akashic Record practice. And as much as I've been practicing it over the last couple of years, when I first learned it, when I was traveling the Southwest, I also like don't understand a damn thing about it. (laughs) So like, I really think about a lot. Like, so I remember when I first learned the first time I opened my record with my teacher, I was sitting in a coffee shop and I opened my record and all of this stuff came through. And I realized like, oh my God, I've been doing this my whole life. I've been like, there was one feeling of like, as soon as my guides started talking to me, I was like, oh my God, you feel like family. Like, I don't, I all of a sudden feel a little bit less alone. I mean, generally I don't feel alone, but like for all, you know, just for this conversation, I will use that term. I all of a sudden feel like a little bit less alone. And my second thought was like, I've been doing this my whole life. Like I've been talking to things, I've been receiving messages, I've been channeling. And so in this Akashic Records practice, I've been doing discerning, like a lot of discernment work as well of like, what's the difference? What's the difference between me channeling when I haven't said the prayer and opened the record and what's the difference when I have? And Um, do I have to, like, what makes access to these guides and these energies 
different? Like what, what, why is there like a disconnect there, if that makes sense? And I do feel, like I said, when I do open my record or particularly, I, I feel like I read other people's records better than I read my own, but I do feel um, like I enter a new world when I open the other people's Akashic records, more so than if I'm just channeling sitting here. But I, it's because it's there's also that intention there. Like when I'm opening an Akashic record, there's a much different intention than when I'm just like sitting here with you and I'm receiving messages or channeling. It's so different. So I'm like, you know, it's like a rabbit hole of like, well, then what if I just change my intention? Like, what does that do? So um, yeah, there's a lot of discernment going on on my end as well. That um, That gets into this other concept I've been, considering is do we we have this other gift as humans that we constantly create systems and we are like always discerning systems organizing reorganizing and that's the thing we always do um so part of me thinks like things like akashic records and reiki and these systems we've created it's a way to feel more at peace about doing them but it's also this narrative we've given ourselves that we have to do a ritual in order to receive Mm -hmm. and so I think that might be a part of it too is that we interesting we like think like I have to work to receive money I have to work on myself to receive love I have to do all these things in order to receive anything else because if you're just sitting there and receiving it, you kind of feel guilty. Um, so that might be a similar experience with your spiritual practice of, I don't need to do a ritual to do anything, mm-hmm. um, but it's not a wrong thing. It's just, that's kind of how we've been set up. So I think, yeah, I think you're definitely capable of just receiving messages as you are. It's just kind of rewriting that narrative maybe. Absolutely. And when I am in session with people doing coaching, I receive all kinds of messages and all kinds of channeling. So yeah, it's interesting stuff. You're making your own system now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) That's like um, the human design. I can't remember his name. He went to the Uh, top of the mountain and just like it downloaded (laughs) yeah I know I can see his name but I can't pronounce it so I'm not even gonna try yeah I won't so maybe as you expand it'll be less Akashic records and more just like creating your own system of channeling yeah it's so interesting that you say that I love that this conversation is about like signs and synchronicities and messaging (laughs) and channeling because I've received the message several times, a couple of times from Chelsea in some of our, cause I go, I, when she was seeing clients, I would often. Oh, she's wonderful. Her. Yeah. Oh my God. She's amazing. <laughs> I was so sad when she was like, I'm putting everything down. I mean, I support her 100%, but mm. selfishly I was sad. Um, but she's told me on more than one occasion that I'm creating my own bridge to God, essentially. I mean, that's, you know, not necessarily in those words, but I'm creating my own system for myself. 
And for a long time, I was like taking that so literally and thinking about that so hard, like what? I'm, I'm building my own new bridge to God. <laughs> and then, you know, of course my guides are like, Jenny, you're not that special. Like you're special, but everybody's special. Like you're no different from everybody else, which I think is a really great thing to constantly remind myself of. Um, but yeah, I'm, I feel that. And I've received that message that I'm like creating my own system for myself. And now you're saying it. And I just love that. That's, you know, it's like full circle of this whole conversation. So that's <laughs> so magic. When something like this happens, is it that sensation of that spaciousness that you were talking about? I'm curious what, it's amazing, but I'm curious for the person who's like never noticed a sign before, <laughs> what should they look for and what they feel? Yeah, and it's hard to talk of it in a more generalized sense because I believe that um so our energy is our primary resource and our energy is also like very individual to who we are so and I align that quite a bit with human design I know you offer human design yes (laughs) um I'm not as learned I mean I'm I know a lot about my type which is the generator uh yeah me too. but <laughs> I think we were chatting about that via email um, oh yeah so I think you know the way that our energy talks to us we have to really get to know that on an individual basis uh which just for me started as a practice of asking myself like okay, there's this thing that I really want to do. When I think about it, how do I feel? And if it's a thing that like, I know is right for me, it's my next step, whatever. And if it's a yes, well, I've learned that, like I said before, I feel really expansive. If it's a no, it's like no energy, shut down. Like, it's just, there's nothing there. Um, And I've, you know, practiced a lot with a lot of decisions I've made in my life and asking myself those questions, like, what does this feel like? Does it feel, you know, expansive or does it feel exhausting? Or, um, yeah, so, so thinking back on my life to a lot of big decisions I've made or changes that have happened and remembering how I felt in my body, what my energy felt like, or like if I wasn't as embodied what were the things I was, was thinking? Like, what are some patterns of thought or um, things I would say to myself in response to this idea or change that I wanted to make or whatever? Um, that was first and foremost. And then once I really got to know what my energy felt like, then I just keep tuning into my body that doesn't really answer your question. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I realized as I asked that, I was like, oh, I'm talking myself into a loop. Like I had just gotten done saying that we (laughs) always want to organize things. (laughs) Oh, right. We're always trying to create systems. So I just unconsciously tried to create a system for people to follow. And it's like, who? Because we always (laughs) want to understand, like we want to, like, I want to understand how I work and what my intuition feels like. And I want to understand 
my internal navigational system so that I can live the best, most adventurous, pleasure-filled life. Um, and for us to understand, we have to create systems and boxes like you were saying. Sometimes those systems and boxes truly box us in, but um, sometimes they don't too. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's weird because everything out there <laughs> away from us is just always trying to bring us back to ourselves. And I think that's the purpose of everything we create. So I think at the end of the day, the whole goal is to just like find your own system and build that out. I know that's like, sounds like a lot of work, <laughs> but having someone that can facilitate that, that's why I enjoy human design because I think at least for me, I like taking it and looking at it and saying like, oh, do I want to hold this energy or do I want to find a different rule for myself? And then I kind of use it in a way that it's letting people decide if they want to hold that space or not, where I feel like other systems try to trap you in saying like, this is why you are the way you are. And that's all you can ever be. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, and I feel like human design really affirmed things that I had been feeling my whole life, but because of the society we live in or because of my familiar structure that I grew up with, um, I was gaslit or like I wasn't as supported in what I was feeling because whoever was in my environment didn't understand themselves, their own system, I guess you could call it their own energy. And um, so human design really like gave me the permission to put more of a focal point on my energy and understanding how it talks to me. And I think like, from my perspective, it seems like our world is slowly shifting into this paradigm that is is um relying more on energy people's energy and and so to have this system this box of human design which i don't see it as much of a box as other systems as you've mentioned but um it just feels really supportive of that yeah i I feel good. Do you feel good? I feel good. <laughs> I feel very calm. <laughs> um, I'm so glad. I do want to. Thanks for checking in. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to wrap up so I don't like keep you for over an hour or anything. Um, but I did want to mention that you do have a newsletter and people can find you there. Um, so I'm going to link that below. So you talk a lot about stuff like this. <laughs> in your newsletter, but you do it from a very personal perspective, which I find very um, just digestible because sometimes for me, especially I'll get into like huge concepts and I'll just talk about facts and I'm like, this is a lot. <laughs> but when we can have someone to relate to, I feel like it's just make what you've said this whole like podcast is like you feel seen. And I think that's what you bring into that newsletter. So well, I definitely encourage everyone to do it. That's good to hear. Cause especially my last newsletter where I was like talking about facts about gravity, I was like, 
what the fuck is this? <laughs> I think you tie it in very well. <laughs> okay, great. That's really great to hear. Thanks for that affirmation. <laughs> of course. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was lovely.